Oh shit. Here we go again. Okay, let's go. Bring it. Yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy Skivy here coming through with the Honest to Who podcast. I hope everyone's enjoying their day today. Um, for those you might know, my uh, my co-host is not here today. Uh, he's currently on uh, sabbatical leave. Um, <laughs> when you play for the All Blacks, you go on a sabbatical leave. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, he's on he's on leave and, um, yeah, hopefully he'll be, be back on the air and, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to hear his um, Elo voice uh, soon. So, yeah. First, I'd like to uh, say thank you to everyone out there that's um, been supporting us and, and listening to the podcast. We really, really appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Um, today's today's guest comes uh, all the way from the Shire. Okay. All right, we get it. You're from the Shire. Okay, if you want to call it like that, that's fine with me. So, um, yeah, so I'll get him to introduce himself. He's a real real close uh, mate of mine and, um, yeah, I've, I've, um, yeah, I'll get him to introduce himself and then we'll go from there. So... So, hey everyone, my name's uh, in the Tongan ways, they say Viliami Mataka, or you can call me Will Mataka. Um, I'm 31 years of age, uh, currently uh, a social worker in the city, working with men's homelessness through the Salvation Army. Um, you know, I've known Skivy for a number of years, um, so big shout out to the boys for allowing me to come on this uh, platform just to share my story and a bit of insight um, into what you know, I've been through um, and what I can sort of share, especially with the young Pacific Islanders and stuff like that. Like, you know, we obviously have our challenges and have our, um, you know, mindsets based on childhood and um, our upbringing. So I'm glad I could just come on here and just, uh, you know, add my two cents, if anything. And if it's <laughs> and if it's just one person, you know, if one person hears it and gets something out of it, hey, look, you know, that's a job well done for me. What a story, man. <laughs> so, yeah, now we'll, we'll start off. Um, yeah. So where did, uh, where were you born? I was born in Paddington. Paddington. So, you know, oh, eastern so suburbs. Eastern suburbs. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually from the eastern suburbs. Um, yeah, right. Sh- not okay. long after that, I had to migrate to Punchbowl. <laughs> oh, no, Lakemba. Oh, Lakemba. I was actually brought up with all the, the brothers down in Lakemba. Oh, right. And that's why my accent's like this, bro. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Nah. So then from Lakemba. Lakemba. So, so school, did you go to school in, in Paddington or? No, nah, no. Nah, my parents moved here, I think it was 1983. Yeah. Um, I was born in 88. Um, and I and from early years to about twelve years of age, I was I was in Lakemba and Punchbowl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went to Prun- uh, went to the, went to Punchbowl Public um, Primary School. Yeah, and then went to um, year four. I went to a private school because mum got worried about activities I was doing in primary school. Oh yeah, um, what was the, what was the activities? Talk to oh, us. Oh, just fighting. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, like UFC just, fighting or just just, just fighting. Like, so, oh, like, yeah. if I knew if I was fighting at school, then I'd go home and cop it for my mum. Yeah, right. Um, so she was always worried about you know that aspect, and then she moved in, into a private school. Yeah. Um, at Saint Jerome's, and then went to another private school in Reesby, and then oh, I went so to. Oh, you're a pretty private kind of guy. I'm hey. quite private. Not, yeah, not, right. You know, it's not. Uh, there's always debates about public and private, but. <laughs> I know, I know both. <laughs> I've done both. Both systems. I've done both hey, systems. And you've been in the system. I don't yeah. think there's much difference besides the amount you pay for. Oh right, right. Yeah. So, um, so you did your whole primary schooling in private schools, or most of them was uh, public. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. The final two years was uh, private school. Many islanders. Oh, there was not many. Not many islanders. You know, probably maybe one, yeah. one or two every year. Oh right, right. Um. But not not in my experience. Yeah, sweet. High yeah. school? 
Where high school, high school. Went, high school went to St Gregory's College in Campbelltown. Oh, not the um, scholarship, man. No, I mean no scholarship. Well, what was the game? <laughs> wasn't until wasn't until later in the years when you know you start playing better footy, then oh, scholarships yeah. come through. Oh, right. Um, yeah, but there were, there were more Polynesians there. I think mainly because of the football aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the, um, we really really went to that school. Yeah, it was good to do the academic side of things, but I think a lot of us. Um, we're there to play football. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a big mentality for Islanders yeah. um coming up. Yeah, I'll play footy and that's it. What about you? What was your mentality at school? Was it was that was that it? Like you wanted to did school matter when you were growing up? Oh, it was hard because at school it was hard because my mum was quite hard on me, eh? Oh, yeah. Um and even coming to year ten, she picked my subjects. Oh wow. <laughs> Sorry, you nine, you nine and ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she was, she was obviously had an influence on my my subjects. But eleven, twelve. Yeah, she picked all my subjects. Oh wow. She wanted Sheesh. me to be a doctor. Oh wow. Okay. She, she picked so, um, <laughs> Doctor Mataka. Physics, <laughs> physics, biology, chemistry. Yeah. All those. And you were always going to do well in those subjects. Eh? Oh my god. <laughs> like I was good at maths. Oh yeah. You know, I was good at maths. Um, all right at English, but the science side, like we had, we had parent teacher interviews, and the parents were like. Okay, we can see that Will selected physics, all this and all that. Easy However, sense. his <laughs> academic progress like, doesn't know, show that. Sh- he shouldn't be picking any of those subjects. <laughs> oh, so I was getting grilled wow. either way. And then yeah. she goes, oh, I think he can do it. And I was like, mm. yeah. That age, I'm like, I don't really have a say. So whether it was, it was, um, was mum pressuring you to, to do school or was it footy? Was it more footy or school? I think it was both. Yeah. Um, you know, she did, she did one with Excel and both. And she was hard like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Especially where, when she grew up. You know, you know, their parents were old school. Yeah. You know, they get beaten, stuff yeah. like that. And a lot of uh, their lives is lived out through what their parents want for them. Yeah. And so it sort of carried through, I feel, into yeah, my right. life um, where she would pick my, my subjects, mainly maybe, maybe mainly just to protect me, yeah. to make sure that I was getting... Um, good future. In, a good future. Yeah. But at the expense of my ability, I was like, yeah. no, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm actually bad at school, mum, just letting you know away. Yeah, mid... mid Come mid eleven, year eleven, I changed all my subjects to computers. Um, changed English back to uh, standard. Yeah. Um, changed all the science oh, subjects just right. to, just so I could, you know, make it easier for me because I wasn't gonna handle that. Church? Did you go to church at the, that time? What what um what religion are you? Uh, well, at the time we we're going to a Baptist church, so yeah, right. cool. Um, I don't know what side of Christianity that's on. I think it's on the Pentecostal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I current like at the moment I I, I go to C three in Cronulla. Yeah, right. So it's similar to the Hillsong type. Did you ever go to an Islander church or like a Tongan Tongan back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Granville. Talk to me. As I was a young kid. Talk to me, sir. Talk I used to, to hate me. it. Oh, actually. I used to hate it. Yeah. I used to cry in the morning. I don't want to go. Why? Oh. Because I got beat. I got, if we weren't closing our eyes in church, mate, we got. Oh, yeah. You know, just coming. Oh, yeah. would smack us like, yeah. in church. And I was like, bro, what is this? Oh, wow. And so we used to not really like going to church. And then it had White Sunday. Like, yeah, you know, you know the white yeah, Sundays. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like how it's good like, is it? Eh? It's more like a talent quest. Yeah. So for those <laughs> the, for those who are listening, who don't know what a white Sunday is, a white Sunday is um, a kids' day. It's sort of like you know how we have Father's Day and we have Mother's Day. White Sunday is for the kids, yeah. and it's only for the kids. And, you're and right, it's like mate. home and away auditions. Like if you <laughs> if you can't act, <laughs> mate, if you get one line wrong, <laughs> you know what's coming. Hey? If you like, yeah, if oh, you bring mate. shame upon your family, oh, if you don't meet, if you don't read that passage in the Bible in in the right, well, if you don't cry during the end of the play and you're like the main event and you don't cry, 
Oh, oh, don't go home. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Come back the next White Sunday yeah. the next year. Don't don't worry about it because yeah, parents are yeah. That's that's re- that's something that's so funny because a lot of Pacific Islanders like man, White Sunday is like their best day, but it can also be like one of the oh, worst days ever because yeah. <laughs> a lot of anxiety. <laughs> Plenty of anxiety there for the poor children. Like oh, they're actually reading man. and going, like watching their parents. Like, oh, yeah, you know, making sure I do the right thing. But you know. Yeah, man. Oh, wait, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Anything else growing up in the church, like um, in, in the Tongan community church? Was it was it just Tongan? Like, did you just stay in Punchbowl for a long time or? Yeah, for 12 years. Um, oh, wow, that's a long time. But yeah, we used to go to church out in Granville, but always remember heaps of feeds. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was the one church, if there was a funeral, that, you know, they'd, they'd obviously use those places quite uh, regularly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget the name, mate. Eh? Well, like Honestly. an all-you-can-eat restaurant, or no? There's like you know they have the big <laughs> the big tents out, like you know fifty oh, pigs. Oh wow! Types type things yeah, like Tongans, that. Tongans do things on steroids. I remember going to a, a Tongan wedding and mm. they, they had the actual whole pig on the table. Like, don't you guys do that as well? Not, not the whole, the whole not pig. The whole pig. Oh okay. We probably like slice it up and yeah, yeah pres- present it quite nice. We've been doing it for centuries. <laughs> you guys, it's the whole thing, the head, the tail. Yeah, yeah, like, what do we table. need to cut it up for here? You, you have a you crack. cut it yourself. Yeah, you cut yeah, it yourself. Yeah, that's mad. Okay, Bring I your like doggy bag. That's you know? mad. So let's um let's let's move on. So, um, growing up in in Campbelltown or at school. So so were you living out in Campbelltown or was it just? Yeah, we were living in Ingleburn. Our parents, my parents, like um, they bought a house when yeah. I was twelve. Yeah, <coughs> out in Ingleburn, and we moved there pretty much straight from Punchbowl. Yeah, and then just in time for me to start high school. Yeah, um, so it was only fifteen minutes away from high school, and yeah. a bus come at the front. There was the main road, so it wasn't um, any issues for my parents to take me to school. There was always a bus. Yeah, right. And then, um, yeah. So, so what year did did Dad pass away? Oh, the old man. Oh, yeah, the so old that man. was t- two thousand and fourteen. Uh, was that? Was that? How was that on you? Yeah, it was pretty tough, man. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, he was like, he was one of those guys that was like, you know, the quiet ones. Yeah. Doesn't um, say much. Not say, doesn't say much, but when he pulls you up, like, you better be listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah. I miss the guy, man. Like, just yeah. having him around. Um, and it was a big year, 2014, because uh, obviously went through a lot there. Yeah. Uh, family-wise. Yeah. Um, even relationally with, like, uh, my relationships with um, my former partner and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We were just, it was just a rough patch for me. Um, you know, finding out, you know, like when dad was going to be terminal. Yeah. Um, I just, I just remember, um, it was his birthday and when I went to see him in palliative care, um, he wasn't talking. Like he was, he was like, it was like his mouth was open and had tubes running everywhere. Yeah. And like, I think the nurse sort of said, this is going to be him from now on. So I I hadn't even had a conversation with him before to sort of say goodbye. Oh, right. Okay. Um, So you went in and it was... And it was his birthday and I was like, I was hugging him for about 30 minutes. Yeah. Just crying and like, far out, man, I can't believe my last conversation was the day before. Yeah. But the next day he was up and that was my last conversation. So I was, I was, I was, I was cheering. Yeah. Like I was happy about like the next day because he was awake. Yeah. And then, then, then after that it was pretty much just eyes were closed and like they say, he can hear you, yeah, but yeah. he just can't respond. Yeah, and that's when it really hit home. Like this is a like when when it's gonna end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it took about I think it was like two days. And he was in that position, just laying back. Um, people, family coming through, seeing him, um, heaps of family coming through. And I, you know, I was still down at uh, Wollongong, uh, training down there. Yeah. So I'd come up when I could, um, 
And every time I'd see him, it's, it's like sad. But then I always remember the final moments because the nurse, the nurse would say, "Look, when it's when it's about to end, you'll see long, longer breaths. Yeah, like you'll breathe in, but you won't breathe out for a while." Oh, and so wow. I remember just sitting there. It was my mum, my sister, and City. Yeah, my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just sitting there, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, cool." Like just sort of waiting, but yeah. still at the same time, oh, dad's still here. Yeah, yeah. And then I called, and then I heard um, it was about three in the morning. I heard um, like longer breaths. Oh, I was like, man. crap, man. Hey, 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 mum, 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 get yeah, up, get up, get up, get up, yeah, yeah. get up. And I remember like the breaths were getting longer and longer, and then like shorter. And then I remember the last breath, and then it was gone. It was like there's no life there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was, yeah, it was pretty heavy to. So did you, like where's where's um he he lost his dad mm. um sort of similar similar situation and um he was saying that he sort of took on the role being the father figure yeah and he felt the pressure yeah. of of not only being a sibling or a brother to his a brother to his brothers yeah but also a, a dad did you did you sort of take that role on yeah like before dad when he said to me um you know look after your brother and sister um and your mum and that um like before i even like uh keep talking about it um like uh, like my, my relationship with my mother at the moment is really good, and it wasn't like obviously like smooth sailing from, um, from when Dad passed away, but um you know there was obviously a patch there where um there was tension between us, and so before I move on and talk about um you know the family pressures and um what, what my old man was telling me about um looking after the family, I just want to say like you know my mum I love my mum to death yeah and I've. You know, I've got a, I've got in a, we're at a good place now yeah, yeah, where yeah. we can communicate and have, but at the time, um, you know, there was, there was, there was rumours and like there was talk that, you know, mum had moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that would hit. Like straight away. Yeah, yeah. And so it sort of, of course it was going to affect us yeah. and stuff like that. And it brought a lot of tension in family, uh, me questioning, mate, did you love my dad or yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. Like, did you or, or is it like... And then I came to understand, like, she's just got, like, I don't know what it's like to lose a loved one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's like to lose someone I've, I've married for over 20 years. Yeah. So I had to pull back and be more empathetic and understand my mum's situation. You don't know what it's like to lose someone. Yeah. Until yeah. you do. Until you do. And so she was just coping. Yeah. She was just coping. That's she was the just, way she coped yeah, she was with the whole situation. Doesn't want to be alone or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Like, I respect, I, I had to come to terms with that. Yeah. But it brought a lot of tension between us because we didn't we're all, we're all grieving yeah, yeah, yeah we weren't yeah. in any mental space to be diplomatic about anything yeah it was all reaction like no one was preparing for it yeah yeah. and then it, it got to a point where you know we my mum and i had you know shared some words yeah, probably yeah. not the kindest words like we were just yeah you know you know one four versus 21 <laughs> district <laughs> type <laughs> you know, how many times your dogs got slight. <laughs> 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 yeah no yeah and so like that hey, we don't condone violence here. No, we don't. Honesty, we don't. Guns. But hey, yeah. But um, I remember one day, like we we'll, we'll, we're having a family meeting, talking about this, and mum and I were just going back and forth. Yeah. Um, and then come to a point where I think my brother and sister they were just over the whole, you know, yeah. us arguing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if it's at the end of the day, like I had to leave. Yeah. The house. Like do you still do you still take that that fathership role? Like, do you, do you still sort of take that role with your your siblings? Yes, way. yes and no, but yeah. I, I, like I also allow them to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I encourage them to do what it is they need to do or what, whatever goals they have. I'll support with that. Yeah. Um, but if they ever come to me with any issues, yeah, we'll break it down and go. Okay, um, 
what are you supposed to own in that situation? Yeah. And what are other person? What's the other person or whatever it may be? What are they supposed to own in that situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And focusing on what you need to own. Yeah. Like you know, if you're having issues with work, okay, we'll focus on what you're supposed to be doing, what goals and um, how that's making you feel. Yeah. Um, and own your part of it. As long as you own your part of it and be accountable to your side, um, I think it's easier to move on um, and deal with other issues. What a father, man. <laughs> That's hectic. So you, you got your girls? Your girls? Yeah, I've got two beautiful girls. Yeah, yeah awesome. they're, they're so good, man. Yeah. They're at an age now where they think they know everything. Oh, yeah. Um, no, yeah, my yeah. <laughs> And, you know, um, my beautiful fiancé, Holly, like, you yeah. know, he's taking on that role of um, sort of, I don't like to say stepmom, yeah. but all, they, the girls call her bonus mum. So she's mom. taking on that role. That's mad. Um, and I really couldn't, I don't know how, I honestly don't know how, I got um, not even lucky. Like, how did I come across this? Where, um, man, I, you know what? I'm gonna stop you there. I don't mean to, <laughs> to blow Holly's horn, or you know, I, I've I've known Holly as long as I've known Tux. So yeah, um, yeah. So when Holly and Tux started dating, I sort of, um, yeah, I, I actually met you. Be day. honest. Did you say why? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> mate, this bloke here. Oh god. So yeah, no, nah, mate. Props to her, um, man. Find your find yourself a holly, eh? Yeah. Honestly, for those guys out there, man, she she takes some yeah. very very tough carries. Like the for, rare for you, rare Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's man. hard to catch those ones. Those rare, you know the the new um, NBA cards that people are collecting. The, she's the rare like LeBron James, <laughs> like fluoro, yeah, the fluoro card. Man, uh, yeah. So, um, man, man, Holly's taking on that role. Awesome. Yeah, like, man. She she's taking that role on being the the mum mm. she's basically being mum as well to, to the girls and it's it's awesome that they've sort of taken on mm. her as well mm. that's uh, so good to see yeah pretty much like look my my former partner who um the kids mum yeah like you know five years ago it wasn't it wasn't all you know yeah yeah it's all pretty roses and roses and guns whatever you want to say guns and roses <laughs> guns oh and roses. not guns no uh, it wasn't roses you know, and um leaves or what they called yeah <laughs> But like anything, you like if you want to invest into something, yeah, you gotta you know you gotta add value to it. You gotta you gotta value it yourself, yeah, and you gotta invest in it, yeah, time and effort. Not, not so much about money, but it's more just time and um coming to an understanding. Yeah, if you were to tell me five years ago that, hey, look, will you're actually gonna meet someone, um, that's gonna love your kids just as much as you do, yeah, um, and actually, you know what, your former partner's actually gonna get along with her, yeah, and actually, you guys are gonna be like. There's gonna be a good relationship yeah, there, man. and if you said to me, actually, you know what, your fiance, like Holly, yeah. you're gonna meet someone whose family's gonna love your kids as well. So there's not there's not gonna be a misunderstanding between love for the girls, yeah. even though there was a relationship breakdown for me. Yeah. Um, if you said that to me five years ago, I would have said, out of here, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, man? like, yeah, like you've, you've been been pretty blessed, been pretty blessed there with um with, with Holly, to say so. the least. Yeah. Yeah, man, and the proposal in Darwin. The president of Darwin or Northern Territory. Yeah, Uluru. Uluru. Yeah. What a spot, man. Field of life. <laughs> For those who don't know, and there's oh, is there a video? Is there a video? No, there's or? no video. It's no on video. my story. Oh, right. Like That's my um, memories. On the memories when I go into the archives. All oh, right. No, yeah. You didn't post it up for people or what's the go? Oh, we can if you want yeah. any ideas and post wanna, if you want to see the anxiety I had. <laughs> so we'll miss our man Monday. Did you miss our man Monday or did you, what was well, it going? It was Sunday. Yeah. We lost, I think we lost on that day. Sunday we went to the CAS at the Star. Yeah. And I pretty much 
I think I left, I left you guys yeah. and I said, look, I've got to go. Left me. I've got to go. He goes, why? I've got to propose this week. Like, honestly, I've yeah. got, you know. And so uh, I left and then the Monday we flew to Adelaide. Adelaide and drove all the way up. Flew to Adelaide and drove all the way to Uluru. Yeah. But the proposal was right at the end. Yeah. And so you can imagine. You the sweat. You could hey. imagine what I was going for. I was like, let's hurry up. Yeah. And so once we finally got to Uluru and, um, you know, got on the knee. Was, yeah. was travelling always a, a thing for you, like um, culturally? Like was it always a, a thing to travel? Yeah, for athletics. We travelled we traveled a lot for athletics, but I don't know if that was... You know, mum loved it. She'd like to go down South Coast and stuff yeah. like that. Was that because you... Were you travelling... Were you only travelling because you were playing footy? Or yeah, a lot athletics? of it was for footy and, yeah, and athletic yeah, athletics yeah. when I was younger. What about, like, culturally? Like, was it was it driven at home? Like, did your parents say, son, like, you should save up your money and go travel? And, like, go... Nah, not really. It was stay nah. home, eh? No, nah, it was just... You're pretty much just staying home. Yeah. Um, In my childhood, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the only means of travel would be either to go back to Tonga for yeah. to see family or yeah. whatnot. But that happened every two or three years. Yeah. Um, but not like school holidays. I'm at home. Yeah, yeah. Because I was I those um cleaning the house ones in the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> like I like hanging out with my cousins. You know, yeah, they yeah, come yeah. around. We'd stay well, yeah, we'd stay yeah. at each other's houses. So the social was was with yeah. your family. Yeah. With, with your family. No, as, as for a lot of the the parent, uh, the Aussie. Australian people, they used to mm. go travelling and go overseas and when there was story time at... Um, yeah, just spoil. Just spoil. Yeah. Yeah, no, we went to Fiji and uh, Bali for... Uh, yeah, no, we went to uh, our fridge and <laughs> just back to the living room. All right, sweet. So, moving on. Um, you were blessed enough to play in the NRL. Yeah. Um, so, why don't you just talk about that story, you know, growing up. Wanting to to play um, NRL yeah. and then and once you finally reached that goal, you know what was what was next. Oh, how long have we been playing for? I've been playing what since I was seven. Yeah, seven. And I haven't had a year off, but I think the NRL was always like a what was it? It was actually a surprise to be honest, because coming through high school, I was dud, like year seven. Oh, really? Year seven, coming up against Doms and that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like all these Islanders Did are like you twice my size. Yeah, year 12. Oh, but you were a dad. But in that, between year oh, 7 okay. to 11, yeah. like, I didn't really grow. Oh, right. And like, after coming from a young kid, because I used to be really good as a young kid, had speed, you know, footwork. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got, um, you've got some records. You've actually yeah. got some records. What, what's well, the record? It was, it's actually for the 60 metre hurdles. 60 metre yeah, hurdles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, have a like look. I, I took my kids to... Um, <laughs> The Port Hacking to do the athletics. Yeah. My record's still there because they have centre records yeah. and um, club records. Yeah. So I ran the, the state record in, at Port Hacking. And it's an Australian best performance, but it's still ah. there. So I had a, I had a bit of ticker. Jumping uh, jumping like, fences since yeah. you were young, eh? <laughs> Little crim, man. Jumping those fences. Yeah, we had a bit of pace when I was younger. Now it's like, where's it gone? Oh, it's still there, just in short spurts. Yeah, but that was definitely my asset when I was young. Playing footy. And then come to high school, I was just... People were just growing. Yeah, yeah. I really questioned myself as a footy player in high school because I was like, "Frick, man! Like, I'm not really, I'm not even playing like well. I'm just getting dominated." Mum's oh, right. um, like, mum and dad are like getting up me, like, you know, as they do on the yeah, way home. Yeah, yeah, if you don't play good, man, <laughs> if you don't play good, just get ready to cop it on the way yeah, home, yeah, mate. Yeah. No, no hungry jacks for you this, on the way home, mate. This, all this, you know, <laughs> but there was no grace. There was no oh, like, no. you know, even if you did that one good thing in the game. Yeah. It's not non-existent. Good support, son. Son, you support. I seen you push, <laughs> push through the line with support. Nah, oh. 
So if I didn't score five tries, oh, yeah, or if I didn't you. score two tries, <sighs> mate, just be prepared, eh? Yeah. Just be prepared for the critic. What are, the, what are they called? Constructive criticism on the way home. Couch critics. <sighs> these people. It took me days to recover, man, if I had a bad game. So, it, so the, the dream to play NRL? Yeah. Where, when that came in? So I played Australian schoolboys in year 12. Yep. Um, we had a gun side. Like, you know, we had the... Um, on every four years, there's a trip to Europe. Yeah. And so we did the, the Europe trip. And when we come back, um, I'd sign with the West Tigers. Um, for a few years um, and then just sort of trained uh, full-time coming up to uh, 2008 the first first year of 20s you remember that was there the first year of was 20s there like jersey flag before that 2007 was the last jersey flag um, before the under 20s program come through yeah and we we played the first under 20s um, comp that was tough man yeah. It was tough. It was it was because that was pretty. That yeah. was pretty stuck. Eh? It was pretty like hard. If you look at how yeah. role players playing now, yeah. a lot of them went but through that. Yeah, eh? your T Rexes, your Tim Manners, oh, you know, wow. all, all all the likes of them coming through. Yeah, and I think they had about fifty or so players debut that year. Um, I was injured a lot that year. Yeah, and so, you know, um, I sort of I sort of thought, oh no, nah, that's it for footy. Um, but then like I had I still had another couple of years on the contract, and then two thousand nine was like my breakout year. Yeah. Um. And I remember it too because I was actually wasn't expecting to play at all because of the the experience I had in, in high schools. I was like, oh, well, you know, I already think I'm not that good. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so, like, I really applied myself in 2009 yeah. um, in terms of training. But it, was, it wasn't even like I really wanted it. I was like, just make sure I play good footy every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I remember when I got called to... Who did you debut with? The West Tigers. The Tigers, yeah. And cool. we played, uh, it was round 10, I think, 2009. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good memory. Round 10. Well, yeah, you, you, never, you never forget first. it. Yeah, yeah. You never forget it. And um, I was at home. We were preparing to play for Balmain that day. Yeah. And I was asleep and, you know, my phone's on silent. And one of my mates, Penny, who was he was um, sort of uh, making a comeback from the injury. The dark horse. <laughs> Penny Tonga. <baby. laughs> yeah, he was there. He was, he was, he was staying at my house. Um, what's it called? Just uh, getting prepped for the for today's for today's game, which was on that Saturday, and then um, I remember just getting up, getting ready for for breakfast, getting ready for the game, and then he was like, um, went to my phone and I seen all these missed calls from um, the coach, um, Tim Sheens at the time, and then um, apparently Penny was called as well, so he, I think he knew that Penny was with me, and when he called Penny, he, he was like, "Where's Will?" and I was like, "He's right here. He's been sleeping. Get ready. Can can you tell him to give um, Tim Sheens a call?" And so um, I got my phone. I was like, why would they be calling me? And then I, I called Tim and he goes, hey, Will, can you get down to SFS straight away? Sydney Football Stadium? Yeah. Can you come yeah. to SFS like ASAP right now? I was like, why? You might be playing tomorrow. And I was like, holy. Wow. So I was like, I was already like, well, am I playing or not? Am I playing? Because yeah, like, yeah. he said he may be playing. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's Still not a done deal. Still two minds, eh? Nah. Yeah. So I go, mum, I've got to go. Told my mum, look, I might be playing tomorrow. So she's yeah. getting excited. And then I'm driving. I was like, is it or not? Is it or not? And I get there. What um, year was this? 2009. And then I get there, um, the team's training, and then Benji comes, Benji Marshall comes over and goes, you're in, cuz. <laughs> oh, wow. He goes, you're in. I was like, fuck. So I am playing. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I, I played NRL that year. Like, it wasn't like um, how I pictured it, it would be. Yeah. No, when I, I think I played a handful of games that year. Um, but it was... Yeah, like I'll never forget it. It was it was great. Yeah. But when you're in it and you, and it sort of doesn't, um, I didn't think I had time 
had enough time to um, sort of soak it in because it was the day before the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I'm getting out of training, I, I've got to play the next day. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I slept much. Um, and I remember on the day playing. Um, and you what run position did you play? Second row. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm warming up down and, and, and then like Tim already said, oh, he might get on in the second half. Yeah, Because yeah. I think uh, they had their game plans ready. Yeah. And then Keith Galloway gets injured. Oh, yeah. Like he did something in his ankle or something. And I'm running down, the, you know, warming up every 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I hear the, the assistant coach, Oh, Will, hurry up, get over here, grab my card. And I was like, what? I wow. thought you said I was going to get on in a second. So yeah. it was like 15 oh, so minutes. In the first half. First half. Oh, so wow. 15 minutes to go, I'll grab a card. and I'll give it, Or maybe it was 10 minutes to go. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, when you give the card and you go, you're like, wow, yeah. this is it. This is, yeah. First run, dang, got whacked. Oh, <laughs> sand down, <laughs> eh? Oh, sand down. Got me around the legs. Oh, yeah. And then like someone come over the top and I was like, oh, is that it? And then, yeah, that was my debut. Wow. But we lost by a point. Nathan oh, Merritt right, kicked right. the field goal and never oh, forget that. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I watched it. On yeah. The, it's on like um, those throwback, you know, those throwback <laughs> games that yeah, come on Fox yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it just goes to show your age. Oh, God. So then, um, you know, all the hype in the NRL, um, you moved from the Tigers and you went to the Roosters? Yeah, went there for a year. Roosters and um, then from the Roosters? Went to France for a couple of years. France, yeah. Um, that, was, that was great. Experience in France, yeah, yeah, yeah. You recommend it to? I recommend to it to anyone who's sort of. Um, it just depends on what you want to do. Yeah, but I would I would recommend just just going for the experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not just to say, oh, look, I went to France. Yeah, but just experience the culture and stuff like that, yeah. and, and get amongst it. Yeah. yeah. So you really enjoyed your time in France? Yeah, maybe a little bit too much. Too but, much. Eh? But yeah, really, really, really did. And then um, came back and had a, a stint with the Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, all, all the sort of travelling and stuff like that, mm. moving from the NRL. Transitioning. Transitioning into, how did it work? How, what, what happened? What happened for you to go from the NRL mm. and then into um, part-time, part-time athlete, being a part-time athlete? Yeah. It's easy, yeah. I think I remember uh, Paul McGregor was, uh, took over coaching in 2014 towards the end of the season. Um, and I pretty much just went up to him straight up and I said, hey, look, what's the plans? Yeah. And like he was, like I have a lot of respect for that guy because he actually, he like he was real big on ball playing forwards and teaching us how to um, elevate our game and like it's going to turn to, you the know, ball playing, ball middle, playing which like is middles what being, it is now, yeah, mid, yeah. Like middles being, um, you know, paramount in, in plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's, like, I really respected him as a guy because I learned a lot from him. Yeah. Um, and I remember I asked him, I said, look, what's the, what's the go? Um, what's, 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 what's it for me from here? Is there any plans for me further on? Yeah. And he actually just goes, nah, man. Oh, like, wow. he, like, But respectfully, he said, we'll yeah. look, like, we've, we've, we're full for the roster. Yeah. Um, so you're, just, you're better off just playing your best 40 at the moment or find work. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, when you had that conversation with you, how did you feel? How did you take that? Oh, shattered. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, I was like, okay, what's next? Okay, if you, if like you can either you can either be sitting around kicking stones all day, or you just get on with it. Yeah. Um, and I remember I ringing my manager and I was saying, look, this is the plans now. And he said, you'll go and, like look around and see what's on. Yeah. Um, couple of couple of opportunities came, but I was just like, nah, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I just decided, look, it's time to look for work. Yeah. And just decide to do that. And just do it well, and just do whatever is necessary. Yeah, yeah. So, so you had your kids then? No, you had Marley. I had then? Marley. I had Marley, had Marley then. then yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember after the footy season, Mad Monday and all that, when all the dust settles, it's like, oh, this is it. 
Yeah. And so I rang um, one of the, um, I think he's a sponsor for the Dragons. Yeah. And he had a he had a um, a maintenance company. And so I asked him for work. I said, um, can you fit me in? Mm. Jeff Daniela was, was working and that's how Jeff and I oh, knew. Yeah, okay. um, and then we st- I just started working and then I was like, some weeks I'm earning 200, some weeks I'm earning 600, some weeks I'm not working at all. Oh, wow. So there was a lot of like adjusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, in the midst of it, I was like, this is life, bro. Like, you got to get on with it. Um, you know, whether you're earning, you know, six figures a year or you're earning like, you know, 200 bucks a week. Yeah. Take take it as it goes because, yeah. you know, you can't can't change anything. But if you're working towards something yeah. and you're continually like committed to to get on with things, I think that's a good mentality to be. Yeah. yeah. So, like when you were playing in the NRL, so when you went to part-time footy, so you went from the... From what was that landscaping sort of thing? Yeah, so was it landscaping yeah. to did I? No, no, it was maintenance work with yeah. um, aged care homes. So it was like demo work. Yeah, um, and it's like at the end of the day, it was hard, man. Yeah, because I was getting paid twenty bucks an hour. I was getting twenty bucks an hour, and like I and like you know the eighteen year old who works for me, he's on twenty bucks as well. Yeah. And I was like, Fuck. what's the mentality? What what what's what's getting you up in the morning? Is yeah. it just your kids? Um. No, just just the need to you know you got bills to pay, man. Yeah, definitely. Like you've got to pay your way in life. Yeah, yeah. No one's gonna pay it for you. Yeah, yeah. So unless you get up, who's gonna get up for you? So then, in coming from the NRL mm. and, and um, having that sort of lifestyle, that mm. lavish lifestyle, where you're what, training at eight o'clock sometimes. Yeah, seven, seven seven starts. Seven starts. You have a day off. You get massages and stuff like yeah. that. So coming from that, that life to the part-time athlete life. Yeah. So big. Was, what was the because you're working as well, yeah. it's it's it takes it takes time to um, transition into. Yeah, but it's quicker if you can accept it. Yeah, yeah, and understand. Look, okay, maybe that's the that is the end of the road for NRL. Yeah, yeah. But the quicker you come to terms with that, yeah, the the, the quicker you can. The more move enjoyable on. life is. Yeah, yeah. because like, I've like at, at the same time I was like, oh, I'm actually glad to be working. Yeah, because footy is it's high pressure. Mm. You know, you've got to yeah, perform yeah, at a high level. I know, and if you don't, and if you don't. Cutthroat, like it's it's cutthroat, and it affects you emotionally, yeah. Um, as a player, and like you, you look at the the greats, even the the ones that are top of their game, they if they don't play good, they get roasted. Like, eh? like they they're filthy with themselves. Yeah. So like in, in that terms, I'm talking about. So with, to be able to work, come home, and dis- disconnect, yeah, is yeah. actually refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And so playing and then playing footy on the side, so now it's like footy's not, it's important, but it's not as important as what's putting food on the table, yeah, which yeah. is your work. Yeah, um, and I remember I was work. I was riffing because when I signed, well, um, Steve Levine, he said, "Come to Mounties, yeah. we'll get you a job on the roof." So this is where I met the big, uh, <laughs> big Mataka. We, we yeah. met him. What year was that? Two thousand. Two thousand fifteen. Fifteen. Signed first year at, at Mounties, and uh, yeah, I met the big mind himself. Arrow. Um, Arrow? Was I Arrow? No, no, you actually good. Okay, like, thanks, man. For for someone who's who's made the NRL and, and played in the NRL. This, I'm not saying NRL players are bad, but I'm just saying there's a few players out there that you just question. You're like, man, you're actually a shit human, eh? <laughs> you're actually not a good human. Like, uh, so like when I mm. when I first met you, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty mad. Like you, you shared you shared a lot of knowledge um, straight away. I think I was maybe 22. Yeah, you're a um, young pup. Yeah, so I just come back from a, a, a neck injury. So I was, I was, um, yeah. So anyways, I broke my neck and then. Um, you gave me some advice as, um playing yeah. in the middle, mm. playing in the middle because 
yeah, you obviously you were big then. <laughs> you were in the middle, yeah. You were in the middle then, so I, I sort of just learned uh, as much as I could off of you, and and you were um, you were good at, at passing on knowledge, and that's mm. uh, that's something that that I, I respect you highly mm. about. Um, is passing on what yeah. you know. Um, still not passing on the the card trick. <laughs> so Whoa, that's another. So podcast. there's a there, it's another podcast, we'll but there's this podcast. there's just a short story. There's there's this trick that um Will does. He actually didn't learn it himself. Well, John Kite. Um, Remember big John Kite? John Kite. He taught me. It's John John Kite. There's this card trick that, um, yeah, he gets me on every time. Yeah. So once I learn this card trick, then um, <laughs> then I'll let him go. I will take it to the grave. <laughs> and I'll be laying there and you'll be like, no. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, part, the part-time gig. So what are you doing now? What are you doing now, part-time? So footy's part-time. Yeah. Works full-time. Yeah. So, and I remember when I was on the roof doing that, I actually loved it because it was something you yet you had to learn and it's a craft. Yeah. Thing is it was at the expense of my skin. <laughs> what are you laughing for? How black was oh, my skin? Oh man. I was so black. I was purple. Where's the diamond? <laughs> That's how black he was. It was so dark. Black. And I was like, but I can't deal with the I can't be on here long long term. Yeah. You know, because it's a great it's great, great crew. Direct yeah. metal roofing. Yeah. Like, you know, met some um, like Great people there taught me how to do do things. Yeah. Um, but um, I remember talking to you saying, "What do you do for work?" Yeah. And you said you do youth work. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, I feel like that's something, that's something I might like want to explore." Yeah. yeah. I remember that conversation. I was on Heathcote Road, and I said to you, "What do I need to do?" And he said, "Just go do a diploma or a, yeah, so a community for. services." Yeah. Service um, so for. yeah. Yeah. And then um, you know, I think within two weeks, two three weeks, I started working with uh, your company. Yeah. And that was, and that's when I knew I was like, "Fuck, this is." This is something I feel like I can do for not the rest of my life, but I think it's something I'm passionate about for yeah. now. Yeah. Um. And you know, we loved it. Yeah. Um. Man, it was so so good. The the kids, yeah. the kids we dealt with were yeah. very very high needs. Yeah. But if you um, if you take it back, if I didn't ask you, Skivy, yeah, if I didn't ask you that, oh, what do you do for work, or if I didn't explore that option, yeah, or if I didn't, I could have just said to you, hey, what do you do? What do you need to do to do this? Yeah. Oh, you actually have to do this course. Yeah. It's easy for there's it's an easy to make a decision. No, no, I don't, don't want to do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. But you have to decide yeah. whether you want to do it or not. Yeah. And so I, I had to follow through with it because I, I thought, you know, I'll take a risk. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it does, yeah. you know, great. Um, and then from then, you know, we got made redundant after four months. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not because yeah. not of the people on the floor, obviously yeah. management issues. And yeah. like, you know, they, you know they, they had to do what they had to do. Bro, that, that was tough, eh? That was a tough life. Like, that was a tough few months for us cause yeah you just got the job i think i'd been there for like two years we, we yeah. just get it we just got into a routine yeah um and then get the phone call that um yeah liquidation or something. liquidation or something yeah. and then i think they still owe me eh? anyway yeah. anyway that's another podcast Anyways. as well <laughs> guardian man whoever yeah. the leader is of guardian man yeah. i need my money eh? and then what what would happen after that like june 30 Pretty much, we shut down. Yeah, no jobs. No jobs. No nothing. And it, it sucked that um, most of the kids yeah, that we, we were with, um, if they we didn't find employment, they yeah. actually were just pushed yeah. out onto the street. And and that's yeah. that's what hurt me the most about the whole transitioning yeah. mm. from from that workplace. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, I feel like um, all respect to adults, but I feel like kids have got a lot ahead of them. So there's always more to lose. Yeah. Um, and then the you know transition them into the right services. Um, you just hope, oh, I just hope they get looked after. Yeah. And so from that, then having no job, we're back to square one. 
like you almost feel like okay, well, I haven't finished this yeah. this um this this TAFE course that yeah. I just I've, I've bought into. Yeah. And like a lot of the criteria at the moment when they rebranded, you need minimum tertiary yeah. qualification. Hard. And so we're applying, getting denied. No, you need this, this, that. Yeah. And I remember like um one of the colleagues, Zach. Yeah. Man, he 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 got in with a good youth service. Yeah, the the chef dog. Yeah. Chef dog. Yeah. And then he referred referred me, and I sent an email before we left to Tonga for a holiday. Yeah. Cause I was like, I need to de-stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I come back, talk of, talk about things happen for a reason. I come back, I get off the plane. You know, we go to Coles and do a house shop. I was like, what are we shopping with? Who's <laughs> 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 shopping with? I've got no job. Um, just pay with toilet paper. Yeah, with, and yeah, then I, people are paying with toilet paper right now. <laughs> and then I get this call from um, the Salvation Army um, HR department. Yeah, and her name was Annabella. Yeah. And then she goes to me, hey, look, I've, I've seen that you've applied for a job um, for a support for support facilitator at um, in a men's homelessness shelter, homeless shelter. Yeah. And then I was like, I said, can I call you back? And I go to my, I go to Holly, did you apply for a job at the Salvation Army? And then she wow. goes, yeah, I think so. I did the youth service and the yeah. um, homeless program with the men. And I was like, oh. I thought I was going to be like collecting donations at Woolies or something. You know, oh. when you walk around, you know, <laughs> yeah. with the buckets at the front. Yeah, because automatically, I'm like, I don't want to do that for work, bro. Yeah. Like, I'm all for helping the community, but I don't want to do yeah, yeah, at the expense there. of my my face in front of the salvage. Getting rejected <laughs> by people. <laughs> Would you like to give? Nah, okay, sorry. <laughs> and then I, I called I called her back. Yeah. I called her back and I said, hey, look, yeah, I'll, I'll come in. And then I, I went into the interview and they offered me the job two days later, full time. Yeah. And so going from, you know, we were working 120-hour fortnights. Yeah, man. Literally within two weeks, I had a full-time job Monday to Friday, um, 6 till 2.30. Yeah. Um, but I was like, how did I, how did I get, how did I stumble across this? Yeah. Um, you know, there were so many things that could have happened. We could have had our flight delayed. Yeah, yeah. They mightn't have called. Yeah, they couldn't. Um, so it helps to have a proactive fiancé. Yeah. So if Holly didn't apply for that, who knows what would have happened. Oh, that's and so I think I just fluked the the interview, yeah, um, and, and got went, in. Yeah, just from those little experiences yeah. we had a guy in youth care. So how long have you been on Sours now? I've been there for two and a half years. Two so half July years. eighteen was my first shift in yeah. two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. So July eighteen. So now you're in a, you're in a high role now. You're not in the same role. I wouldn't want. say high role. I think it's a different role. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I started as, as a support worker. Yeah. Um, just helping. So okay, so like we're, I work in a homeless shelter for men. Yeah. Um, it's a crisis accommodation service. Yeah. So you see all walks of life come through that door. Yeah. You know your doctors, your lawyers who are addicted to ice. Wow. Um, you see the the guys on the streets. Um, everyday just, working yeah. everyday working people just doing the tough. Yeah. Um, need a little bit of you know a little bit of a hand, not too much of a hand because you don't want to help them too much in a way that they become unsustainable. Yeah, and rely on. But yeah, like you know, yeah. you have those clients, you can just tell that they don't have the capacity for that. Yeah. And you support. As you can, mm. um, so I've been. I was a support worker for about six months, and then I went into casework for for two for now two years. So I've been there, yeah, two two and a half years. That's awesome. And so, in that in that walk, we talk a lot about, um, you know, how we help these people. Yeah. And every time I say to people, "Oh, what do you do?" or when they ask me, "What do you do?" Well, oh, I'm a social worker. I work with homeless men. Oh, bless your cotton socks. Yeah. What <laughs> yeah. do you do and stuff yeah. like that. Making a making a change in people's lives, I was like, yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, love. I, like, it's it's good that I could do that. Yeah. Like the amount of change I've gotten from the men, oh, 100%. unbelievable. Yeah, man. I, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, I've 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 going to be more grateful for what I have. Yeah, 
um, seeing what these guys battle through, 100%. I can disconnect. I can yeah. go home yeah. to my family. Some people, some of the men there, they don't have that. Yeah, they don't have that support. They don't have that. Um, you know, disconnect from what they're going through. Yeah, yeah. These guys it's are them twenty four seven, battling it out every wake up every homeless. Day. Yeah, sleep homeless. Yeah. and it's and it's good that we can provide a, a place for them to to be home temporarily. Yeah, and we try to provide programs where it doesn't so much, um, not so much holding their hands and. You know, giving them handouts and yeah, 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 we'll furbish your house, but more getting across like this isn't an ideal world. Yeah, so let's get used to it. Yeah, because I know you've had a tough, you know, life before that, and let's get you used to having a tough life and managing it. Yeah, and so in order to get a better life, obviously you've got to make better decisions, and we refer appropriately if they need to go see psychiatrists, psychologists, other services. We try to provide as much information um, to these men. Um, and not necessarily forcing it down their throats. Yeah. You make the decision. And do you find, because you, you work both with um, older people and younger people, did you yeah. f- do you find that the, old, the older generation, are they a bit harder to change? Or w- was it easier trying to influence and, and change and make um, make make better the, mm. y- the younger people? What was it? Yeah, look, they range between 18 to, like my oldest client, I think 60-something years of yeah. age. Yeah. Um, Different challenges, yeah. and you, I can understand where you're coming from when you say, "Is it harder to change?" Yes, it is, because yeah. there's a lot, there's a long historical um, way of doing things for the older clients. Yeah, like I've done it this way, yeah. it's gonna work. Yeah, 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 and then like I challenge that by like, okay, you've done it this way all your life. How's that worked? <laughs> yeah. and so it's more come not not trying to pass judgment, but more like, hey, look, look what's yeah. like, it hasn't what, can, what can we change? Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. up to you actually. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, trauma informed um, approach, yeah. um, and trying to provide the you know practice, best practice or quality practice, I should say, to these men because they do, like you know I feel like the men the men in society. You think about it, Skiv. If there were, it's, if there were three buckets, and my boss used to use this. Um, to, uh, sorry, analogy. she doesn't like to be called analogy. She doesn't like to be called boss. My general manager. General manager. If there were three buckets, right, yeah. and there's one one focused on women and children. One focus on children, one focus on men. Who do you think is going to get the last pie? The men. The men are going to get the last yeah, pie. Yeah, yeah. So we're just trying to provide as much you know, support for these people because yeah. we already know in society, in terms of giving support, yeah. the men are always last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll either be women and children first or children first, yeah. but men always get the, you know, yeah. men are always yeah, scraping yeah. the buckets. So I, I, find it, I find it a privilege to be able to be in that space yeah. and to work with these men yeah. because they've already considered, oh, not. Don't want to pass too much judgment, but it's already they're already at the bottom of the the bucket. The bucket. <laughs> How sad. They're at the know? bottom of the bucket. Yeah. And the bucket's empty already. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. So um culture. So you're you're Tongan? Tongan, Tongan. background? Yeah. You speak Tongan fluently? I, I like to think so. Yeah, like, but I, I, I think you do. But it can't be coming from you if I'm like if I spoke Tongan to you, you yeah, can't yeah, say I'm true. fluent. You As might be gibberish, eh? <laughs> no, I, I like to think I'm fluent. Yeah. Um. Because my grandma lived with us as a kid. Yeah. And I used to make her breakfast every morning. Yeah. And she spoke Tongan. There was no such thing as English. Yeah. Um. And if I get stuff wrong, she'll pull me up. Yeah. Um. So that's I think how I learned. Your brother and sister. They yeah, can they understand can Tongan. Yeah. They can speak a little bit. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't think as good as I can, but they can speak a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I think the same as me. I think on my first. The first podcast we had, I I blew up my siblings. <laughs> I said, "Oh nah, they can't speak someone." Yeah, so I like to apologize to the Tavita gang. Um, oh, 
but yeah, yeah. So, so with with your um, we're talking um about about culture, um, in the Tongan community, is there anything that you would make better? Um, that's that's one of the questions we sort of ask. Okay, uh, all, all the people that come through the podcast, mm. obviously, just trying to make a difference or trying to make things yeah. better for our community because yeah. there's a lot of things that are not working right now. Mm. Um, but I, I love our culture. Our cultures are beautiful. Of course, like, man. The values of respect and, and family, like, mm. man. It's 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 beautiful, and everything's you know uh, everything's on, um everything's about God. So mm. like everything's to do with religion, yeah. culture, and family. Like yeah. um, so all those sort of values, I, I love that. Mm. But there's still some things that we need to change. Mm. Um, is there anything in the Tongan community from your experiences, um, growing up that you would change? Uh, I wouldn't say better, yeah. I wouldn't better. say I wouldn't say Tongan community. I think just like the whole Polynesian culture in general. Yeah. Um, I think there has to be a more of an understanding, um, whether your parents were brought here up here or not, um, and the fact that your children were brought up here. I think there has to be a level of understanding and uh, empathy between the two. Two people. Yeah. yeah Sorry, yeah. two parties with generations, parents, parents yeah, yeah. and parents and children. Yeah. Because your parents are coming here trying to make a life, um, and they'll do that yeah. at whatever cost. Yeah. And if and like you know when they grow up, when they grow up, my mum yeah. when, when she grew up, um, you know we prov- she provided for the parents also. Oh, yeah. You know you did what your what you you did what you did to provide for your parents. Yeah. So for them to migrate into Australia, um, mum used to work and all her pay went to her dad wow. to support him yeah. and stuff like that. And so me coming up here, growing yeah. up in a Western society, yeah. the lack of understanding she had for me. Not saying in a bad way, the lack yeah. of understanding that, hey, I grew up in Australia, I know at home the values and culture yeah. is, is evident there, but I'm at school eight hours a day. Yeah. Like, what's speaking to me more, the Western culture or the Tongan culture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I'm home, look, you know, people parent different ways. Yeah. But as you grow up, you start earning money, you want to you wanna go out and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And I see a lot of the Polynesians, it's like, no, nah, I want to give back to my parents. Yeah. Great, you That's, can do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You can awesome. do that. As long as it's not at the expense of your happiness yeah. and your youth, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you see a lot of a lot of Pacific Islanders, like they don't have nothing to show for for yeah. for what they do, like you yeah. know, because everything goes to the parents. Yeah, but I think if there is a level of understanding between the two, yeah, like you know, if 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 that if that footy player was like you know earning lots of money, yeah. and I've seen this, I've heard I've heard of a case, I won't say who, where he had to sort of say, um, don't tell my mum what I'm on, yeah. because he knew. That like you know it'd be manipulated into a way where he would get nothing. Just trying to think. Yeah, <laughs> hey, those ones, they eh? like, like it. you know. Yeah, and I and then there's there's and if you and if you bring that to you know anyone in the Polynesian community, they'll say, oh, that's so selfish. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's you know you don't care about your parents. Yeah. And stuff like that. I think it is. Yeah. I think at the same time you're sort of trying to have barriers between it. Yeah. Maybe for that certain individual, maybe like you know their parents are. Um, when they see stuff, they take it straight away. Yeah. You know, instead he's like, he wants to leave margin for him. for him. But at the same time, he's like, okay, if I can contribute this this amount of, of money for this example um, to my parents and still have some for me. Yeah. And they don't have to know about that. Yeah. Because yeah. it's my money. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you're... You're giving them. You're, you're giving, giving back. You're, you're, give, you're giving, giving and sort of like looking after yourself at the yeah, same time. Yeah. A lot of the time, it's more just everything goes. Yeah. And you're not having allowance for yourself. Yeah. And so like you... you would yeah. you would you say that's um would you say that's sneaky or like lying in a way? Well, it's hard that one. Yeah. Now, and I don't want to answer it to to offend anyone because yeah, yeah, if I definitely. say it is lying, 
And like those people are going through it, like, oh, I don't oh, feel like I, I better am. do it. Yeah. So I want to be sensitive to those people that yeah, are actually definitely. going through it. Yeah. Um, for me personally, yeah. um, I think it's my business yeah. if it's my money. Yeah. Um, and if instead of the parents coming to me for support, I'll go to them and say, hey, how can I support? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And if they, like, just two way conversation, discuss yeah. it yeah. instead of forcing it. Yeah. And if they can come back and say, oh, can you give this? Yeah. Or this, or can you give towards this? Yeah, okay. And if you can, go for it. Yeah. Um, and if you can't, just be honest. Be honest. Eh? Yeah. And like you know, because you're only gonna allow. You know, if you keep saying yes, yes, yes. Oh, what do you what do you think Don't they're worry, gonna do? Gonna, it's yeah. gonna be sweet. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think it's more. It's more like, you know, talk talking it through inside. Like, see what you can give, and then at the same time, you've got to look after yourself. Yeah. It's like anything's giving. Yeah. You got to have allowance for, for for people's faults. Yeah. Yeah. So advice, any advice to the to the younger generation? So you obviously spoke about communicating, and, and um, mm. I feel like that's something that I would love to make better yeah. um, in the Polynesian community is yeah. is the communication yeah. with parents. Yeah. Is there any other advice that you would um, pass Look. on to the younger generation, whether that being um, your experiences through the NRL, mm. um, through part time part time athlete, being a part time athlete? Um, yeah, what would your advice be? Look, I think it's. It's a it's a hard one because you just don't know what one's going through, but if it's if it's any advice, like I'd be, especially for the young Polynesians coming up, I was like, like keep your keep your values, you know, you value family, you know, your health stuff like that, keep to that. But at the same time, you have to be the best you. Yeah. So make sure you're investing more and in, more into you, um, in terms of how you can be a, like a better worker, a better footy player, a better person, um, in terms of what you want to achieve in life. So as long as you're being true to what you want to do yeah. um, and investing more in you then like if you invest more in you then you can sort of be in that position to be hey look I can help you yeah. I can help you yeah. instead of investing too much time in other, other things people. other than yourself mm. I feel like that's where there's a bit of a struggle and people question oh what am I doing and stuff like that so it's more for the individual yeah. more like build yourself up you know to be in that position where you can be happy to provide and if you're not in that position just search ask for feedback yeah you know, don't try to figure it out on yourself. Um, Check you know. yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if any yeah. if any advice, like, you know. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Make, make sure you're, like, you're encouraging yourself and getting around, like, people who are going to not just tell you what you want to hear, as cliche as it sounds, but just get around people who are doing life great. Yeah. Get around those who, who froth on life. Yeah. And yeah. you actually see what they say is in line with what they do. Yeah, yeah. And get around those sort of people. Yeah. Um, you know, where their life's that, that, that transparent, that oh, wow, that's what I want, you know, for my life. And then you can be in that position that, like, I'm pretty sure your parents, when they see you thriving, they're not going to be like, I need to bring you down. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, he's in the position to be a great son, a great yeah. father, a great, you know. And I can testify to that. Yeah. Like, from where I've come from, yeah. mate, like, what, we bought a place now? In yeah. <laughs> well, I got kicked out of my own house yeah, five years ago. Yeah. Like, like, you couldn't tell me I was going to buy a place. Yeah. In, but it's not... It's not wasn't wasn't anything that got to do with what I was doing. Yeah. But I was committed to, you know bettering um, yourself. Bettering myself and yeah. reflecting and trying to, you know, see what I can be better at. And like when I talk about purpose, a lot of people want to be like, Oh, what can I do? But it's more about what can you give? Yeah. You know? That's bad. What can you give back in wow, terms of that's purpose? Hectic. You know? Wow. This podcast has turned into uh, <laughs> What are they? <laughs> gonna, gonna have an altar call right <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone come down to the altar, man? We're, we're ready to go. Yeah. Um, man, that's that's awesome, bro. Yeah. Like with the younger generation, if you're listening, 
if you're watching, man, buy like listen, listen. Like honestly, take take some advice mm. um, um from the big man himself. Um so yeah, we'll move on to our questionnaire. So we've had we had this um oh this student. So we we actually had a student who um who's currently studying I think she's studying uh family community studies, I think it's called and, okay. and um her topics on um mental toughness. Yeah. And a, a bit of a backstory, she's a year eleven student, her name is um Lily. I won't say mm. her last name. Um but yeah, uh Lily has a questionnaire that she wanted um us to put on air to part time athletes who were Polynesian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're the perfect fit for this because you went f- from the um, full-time, full-time NRL yeah, yeah, yeah. into part-time as well. So yeah. um, the question is, the, well, question one is during the, during, see, I can't even read During. During. During a typical, during a typical week, how many hours would you spend training? It could be just quick fire. When it was full-time? A bit of both, yeah. Full-time? Would, full-time was probably about 35 hours a week. Yeah, cool. 30, 30 hours. We'll go 30 hours. Yeah. Part time. Part time. You know, wait at four, finish at seven thirty-three. Seven hours if it was two days a week. No. Ten hours if you were if you were like doing three days a week. Yeah, those ten hours at Mountie's. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's tough, man. It's tough. Oh, like, you know, like our preseason's been so <laughs> like, I actually love you, Darren Borthwick. Because yeah, you man. know, um there were some hard days, man. Because oh. when I when you're coming from um Full time, you sort of think it's gonna ease a bit. Nah, man. <laughs> we, I've never run so much in my life. Oh, like a lot of the full time boys that come and train with us from Canberra, mm. like they come back and they're like, "Are you guys serious? You guys do this every night?" Yeah. yeah. It's like, man, yeah, nah, we do do five one point twos. Yeah. Just for laughs. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It was definitely an eye opener, but like anything, you just gotta you just gotta get through it, eh? You gotta get. Through it, it hurts. It hurts, but hey, yeah, we're round one this week, so yeah, we, we should be ready to go. All right, question two. The quality of my training has gone down when I am under pressure to perform. The quality of your training has gone down when I'm under pressure to perform. So when there's pressure... So when there's pressure from the coaches, so say they're like, um, Tux, you're going to get dropped this week if... Mm. Um, yeah, if you don't pull your finger out of your ass. Yeah, well. Does your training, does your training yourself go up a level or do you just like, nah, stuff that? Depends. If you're, if you're, if you've got a, if your system's working in terms of training, yeah. if you're training the same effort every time, um, mainly a lot of the reasons why if a player is getting dropped, it's yeah. maybe something they need to work on. Yeah. So I would explore the feedback yeah, and yeah. go, okay, I know you're saying I'm dropped this week, but what for? Yeah. And then if they give you some feedback, oh, you need to work this and this and yeah. that, then then take you know take it on. Throughout your whole career, you like that same mentality. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Oh, the whole asking for feedback was already given. Like yeah. the feedback was given, but I think it was more. Of, I just didn't have that maturity. Yeah, yeah in the game. Okay. You know, even like playing NRL, I just didn't have that maturity. Yeah. Hence why I think I didn't play many games. Yeah. But I think the more mature you get, the more you understand the game. Yeah. So yeah, feedback. Always ask for the feedback and work on that. Yeah, good. Uh, question three: I found it hard to motivate. Motivate. I found it hard to motivate myself for training. Okay, like in uh, is that what it is? Just yeah, that's all it is. I found it hard to motivate myself for training. Yeah, look, you're gonna have bad days of training, man. Yeah. Um, you can't say every athlete who's ever played a sport 
has fantastic sessions every week. Yeah, you gotta you gotta prepare for the bad sessions when you're not mentally there. Especially those five one point two sessions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry, but life happens whilst oh, whilst you're not training. Man. You know, and yeah. so whether you're turning up and something's happened, yeah. like you know, just just reflect. Have yeah. a time to you know, okay, what am you know whether you need to address. Um, you know what's going on for you that day, yeah. um, but there's no such thing as the perfect athlete who's ever had perfect training loved, sessions every time. Loved every training session. Yeah. Ooh, like, man, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. There could be people out there who love like hard training sessions, but or even like yeah. But I know I know the question said find hard to find motivation. Yeah. Ask yourself why are you doing it. Yeah. You know why am I here? Yeah. You know, and like um, figure out in a way like is this really what I want to do or. Yeah. Um, what, it, what what is it that's making me feel unmotivated and then attack that you know? question f- four do you feel more pressure to perform at training or games the game yeah the game of course yeah. but if you prepare well at training yeah if you perform well at training you're going to be yeah. good in the game anyway yeah. Yeah. the game's yeah. the game's the ultimate pressure because yeah. there's there's more adrenaline yeah. training and there's no contact real, not full there's no real like um, measure into what you're doing yeah um, but if you prepare well, like you'll be able to take on the game more, more head on. Yeah. But yeah, it's all in the preparation. So, uh, question five: Do you feel you can speak to someone who? Oh man, this has turned into a teach to give you how to read. Sorry, Lily. Um, question five: Do you feel you can speak to someone when feeling down and stressed? Myself personally, in the footy environment, in the footy environment, not not in um, not in life. In the footy environment, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, whether it's the coach or you, Skivy, I think yeah. I feel like I can come to you. Yeah. Um, but it just depends how much you trust the other person. Yeah. Depends how comfortable and if you're in that um, relationship or friendship or whatnot with a player, where if you say something, you're not going to get judged, but they're going to give you good feedback. Yeah. So it all depends on your relationships. With especially like you know, if you're trying to talk to someone. Um, and you just know it's just going to be like, you know, they're, they're just, just going to come down yeah. like a sack of potatoes. Like probably not, eh? Probably not. Because it's probably not what you want to hear at that yeah, time. You know? yeah. So find someone who's able to be... Supportive. Good, good balance. Yeah. yeah. Supportive and then critical and I think, at yeah, the same hence, time. Yeah, and Constructive. If you don't, mm, and if you don't feel that way, there's there's um, there's support services in our real now yeah. coming through that there's... um, so, uh, Sorry... What's it called? Psychological support now. Yeah. Where yeah, you can yeah. talk through that stuff. And yeah. If it if it comes to that, access that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um do you do an individual sport or team sport? Uh Lily, come on, man. What sort of question is this? What's well, the team sport? The team sport. Yeah. But yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh for question that. seven. What is your cultural background? Tongan. Tongan. Australian. Yeah. Tongan. My passport's actually Australian. So All right, so you're background's Tongan. I never want to see a Tongan flag around your neck ever again. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, where do you think the pressure comes from? A family, B coaches, C teammates, and why? Okay, I think pressure comes from all three. Yeah. So what was the first one, Skivy? Family, B's coaches, C's teammates. Um, with family, obviously, depending on the individual. For me, for example, it was to perform. It was to perform. Um, and I never want to know the reasons why, but it was quite clear that my parents wanted me to be successful. So there was always that pressure to perform. And if I didn't, like, you know, I knew yeah, what was yeah, coming. Yeah. So there was pressure already there. Yeah. Um, what was the next one? Uh, coaches. 
coaches are going to ask for performance too. Yeah, yeah. What kind of player are you going to be for the team? Yeah. So there's that pressure there. It's it's necessary pressure though because it allows you to perform um, in accordance to how you've trained. Yeah. You know, and apply like the game plan. So there's always that pressure. And the third one, teammates. Well, your teammates want pressure from teammates. Yeah, well, your teammates want halves. Yeah, your your teammates want you to be that. (laughs) Get to black if you don't get to black. They play. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's quite given. Like in a team sport, you have a role. Yeah, and your teammates actually rely on you to do a job. But where do you think the pressure comes from the most? In your experiences, your experiences only. Was it more from your teammates, or was it more from your coaches or family? See, I wish I wish there was an option there that said me. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably my biggest critic. Yeah. Um, but in my experience, it was more family. Family, yeah. 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 Family and um, probably oh, the coach too. Yeah. Coach and family, yeah. they're up there. Yeah. Teammates sort of, they forgive you pretty <laughs> easy, yeah. Because you got the next week to make yeah, it up. And yeah. the coaches as well. Because you got to answer to the coach. Yeah. And like, ultimately, it's the their family, decision. Family, it's their pride. Mm. <laughs> like, and like you, you think about it in a workplace. Yeah. Are you worried about the colleagues losing your job? Uh, are you worried about colleagues, about you losing a job or the boss? Well, so yeah. you've got to. Yeah, got to kiss like, the boss. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> kiss the boss. Uh, question nine. Uh, have you ever felt not mentally prepared for training or games? Yeah, yeah, of course. Definitely, yeah, same, same. Yeah, that's like, likewise, yeah. yeah. Has your upbringing, question 10, has your upbringing influenced your perception? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, man. Has your upbringing influenced your perception on mental toughness? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think mental toughness these days, for me personally now, it's about um, addressing issues and not letting them um, manifest into something that's beyond, not beyond your control, but manifesting into something that it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, sorry, say the question again, Skivy. Has your upbringing, Up- upbringing yeah, influenced your perception on mental yeah. toughness? In a good way. To look back at what was, was mental toughness to me. Yeah. Like, you know, your standards, don't cry. Like, you know, it wasn't not, not so much not show weakness, but don't cry, don't show emotion, stuff like that. Yeah. As men, we need to be more, like, in touch with our emotions and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I feel like once I've got to that point in my life where I had to address stuff, like, I see a psychologist. Yeah, and yeah. lucky we get that through work. Yeah, yeah. And, like, we are, and I, I see a relationship um, psychologist with my partner. Yeah. But it's maintenance. Yeah, it's not yeah, because yeah. we're going through stuff. Yeah. But it's more... Maintain. It's, it's maintaining. And, like, mental toughness, I feel like, isn't about how tough you are. It's more, okay... When 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 shit hits the fan, yeah. what are you gonna do? Yeah. Like, do you just sit on it, or do you actually do something about it? Where um, you're trying to better yourself. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of self reflection. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. Has your yeah definitely with me. Um, yeah, we're always sort of culturally we're brought up to be mm. tough and mm. don't cry. Yeah. Oh, that's boys in general. Like yeah. it's not just Pacific Islands. Like it's Australians yeah. too. Like every, everyone's like that. Like don't cry. You're the man of the house. You go pay the bills. Like you, you go do all that. And um, now nowadays it's it's moving towards um, a lot of men being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and and coming out and yeah. and saying you know what I'm I'm actually going through a lot of crap right now. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like. Has it influenced perception of mental toughness? Probably not. Not as much, in a way, because, um, yeah, my my mm. my mental well, the, my thoughts on the whole thing is different. It's changed yeah. big time, completely. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't want to be that Pacific Islander that shows that tough side and then mm. 
can't be vulnerable at the same time. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah. So yeah. Uh, Lily, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for the, the mental toughness, I think it's <sighs> Wow. It's definitely like you look at your, you look at your upbringing and it's more like you realize it's not what I want to do. Mm. Yeah. So if it's if it's if it's influenced in any way, it's like okay, that's exactly what I don't yeah, want to. Yeah. Um, for my children, yeah, that's exactly how I don't want to bring well, them up. Pass on, you know. Yeah. Like you know, I want to be affirming. I want to <laughs> be, um, you know, for them to be straight up with me and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, instead of being like no, like suppress yeah. everything. Like I've 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 become closer to my dad now. Yeah. Now that it's um. Like wow. it's okay to share with him. Mm. It's okay to talk with him, yeah. man. Back then, bro, <laughs> if your dad talks, you better shut, <laughs> shut up, up, man. Yeah, you yeah. better not say anything. So, yeah. it's it's good to to see that and and not not do that to your kids. I'm not saying my parents brought mm. me up the wrong way or, or whatever, but yep. I'm just saying like if I was to make anything better, mm. it would be to change the yep. the perception of mental toughness. Yeah, uh, hope, hoping that my kids can actually share mm. with me. Yeah, in a way where I'm still the dad. But they can still come to me yeah, for support yeah. in a yeah. way. So, so more providing like a safe space yeah. for your kids to be open and stuff. Yeah, I wish I wish that was like you know, I can't change it. Yeah. But if I could, yeah. um, and I wouldn't because it wouldn't make me make the person who you I are. am. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, is to allow like you know have a safe space for, you, for 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 my kids to to come to me. Yeah, you know I'm, I, I try to refrain from you know being too. Don't do this, don't yeah. do that, don't do this, don't do that, but just allow discussion for everything. Yeah. And then like with Islanders, with the Pacific Islanders, there's always like that parents are authoritative. Yeah. And so when it comes to talking to your boss and that, you're already you're coming already from scared. a you're already coming from a position of like, I'm actually below you. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why you see a lot of Islanders real quiet. Yeah. When some like a coach or coach, something oh, comes and says something like oh, all the time. And I'll just yeah. say, Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Because I wasn't, t- I wasn't trained to challenge you. Yeah, yeah. Or I wasn't trained to provide feedback yeah. or to say something back to you. That then you see the the white boy debuting because they actually challenged the coach <laughs> and actually the coach was like, oh, actually this guy's listening to me and he uh, actually cares about what he wants. But that <laughs> island over there, he's got all the talent in the world, but he can't say shit yeah. to me. And uh, that's that's where you sort of yeah. you so get speak mixed up, messages. speak up. Yeah. If it's yeah, it's better to ask than not. They're still know. humans. At the end of the day, you got to realize coaches are still humans. Yeah. Like. Mm. Man, I used to look at it like coaches were like up there, up there, yeah. hierarchy. And, with my and they are on paper. They are hundred percent. Yeah, but get to know them. Get to know them, man. Once yeah. you get to know them, you actually realize, oh, you know what? I can actually talk about this, and I actually can grow with yeah. honest feedback. Yeah, and that, that's that's awesome. And if you don't get picked, it's easier to be like, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, I'll go back and work on my craft. <laughs> so the yeah. last um, last question <laughs> from yeah. um, from our boy, the rookie. Oh my um, Jordan Martin. Hey, bro. He, um, he uh, had a question for you saying, <laughs> saying, is it true that you uh, don't live in the Shire, you just take photos <laughs> like you're in the Shire and then drive all the way back down to... Lifco? Lifco. Man, like if you know me, <laughs> I'm the biggest bandwagon ever. Oh, so man. if I'm going to live somewhere... All right, mate, we I'm, get it. You're, you're from, from the Shire. <laughs> But I am now. Look, mate, I've changed my voting yeah. to oh, the show. ScoMo sent me the, the letter. Oh, wow. And he said, welcome to the area. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. cool. Yeah, um, so he, he gave me the green light. Yeah. The Prime Minister gave me the green light. <laughs> so if you're going to say I'm from Lifco, Al-Rahia. <laughs> oh, man. Man, um, thanks for coming on the show. No, bro, it's that, been a pleasure. That's, that's us for today. I, I really appreciate no. um, you coming along. And thanks, man. Our, our schedule's finally aligned up. Um, mm. 
Wiz has Wiz's one hasn't because he's at um at Waratah's camp. But, Love you, Wiz. Um, but yeah. Love you, bro. Um yeah, like to say thank you to everyone who um is listening to the podcast and supporting us. Mm. Uh we got a another show next uh, on Wednesday. We've got another recording on Wednesday. So yeah, um, stay tuned. Thank you to the horse for coming through. No, thanks, Gibby. Thanks um, for having us. Thanks for uh providing a platform and uh you know, if uh if it spoke to anyone today, I hope it, you know, I could help in any way. All right, everyone come down to the altar. We're ready to go. Yo, it's your boy Skivy here coming through the Honest To You podcast. Thank you for listening. If you liked our vibe, please like, share and subscribe on all streaming and social media platforms. HT Dub, we out.